This is a CNA podcast. Welcome back to Money Talks. I'm your host, Andrea Hing. Now, on this series, This or That, my guest weighs the pros and cons of two options. If you've missed the last episode where we discussed if you should own or lease a car in Singapore, do give it a listen. Now, on this episode, we're looking at public housing or HDB flats. Should I buy a brand new BTO flat or skip the wait and pay more for a resale flat? The longest waiting time for a new BTO flat that I've heard of is six years. Six years. Think about that, okay? My own sibling gave up after two years and went straight to the resale market, of course, at a much higher price. Many new home buyers say the long wait time and the limited selection of BTO units are the key factors for turning to the resale market only to be hit by record prices there. With more BTO flats coming up and resale prices appearing to hit a ceiling, at least for now, what I want to know is, should home buyers choose a BTO or a resale flat? And to help me with this question, I have real estate agent Joanne Tay. Joanne is also a content creator on Instagram and TikTok under the handle House Hunt with Jew. Welcome to Money Talks, Joanne. Hi, Andrea. Nice to meet you here. Likewise. Okay, so Joanne, how often do you, as a real estate agent, get home buyers who say they can't get a BTO flat, hence they need a resale flat? How frequently is that occurring? Just about every other week, I'll have someone come to me with this uh, distressed situation, oh, saying no. that yeah, saying that they have been going through the BTO exercise for many, many, many times, and of course, to nobody's surprise, they have given up on that dream, yeah, and have to turn to the resale flat. Unfortunately, what's the longest wait time you've ever heard? I had someone who tried. 10 times in the past 3 years. Wow, 10 times. Yeah, still trying. Still tr- <laughs> wow, still trying. Okay, 10 times and going. Okay, so is there a typical profile for the resale flat buyers who can't afford to wait? What are some of the reasons for needing a home so urgently? Most of them would have been already married. They would have some sort of family nucleus going, which explains why they need a space on their own. They need a flat or home to move into more immediately than someone that's younger who's still starting out on their career mm. and things like that. It does matter at which stage of your life are you actually considering the purchase. Mm. So most of them who are turning into a resale flat are often in their 30-somethings. The younger ones who have a bit more runway in terms of their age. <laughs> they yeah. can stay with mommy and daddy a Correct. little bit longer. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> It's a good plan. <laughs> it is a good plan. Uh, save on that mortgage. Let's talk about the resale flat prices that we're seeing. And they've increased relentlessly despite those rising interest rates. I bought my own flat at almost a million, although it's in a rather prime area. So what's driving this demand? What's making those prices stay up? I think it's the uh, lack of immediate supply. Supply has been disrupted because COVID happened, which nobody would have expected. Nobody asked for it. <sighs> yes. It's good for those people who already have the HDB because that's possibly the only time whereby you actually see your prices going up. Mm. Uh, rationally speaking, it should not be. It should be going down according to the lease that you have uh, left on your property. And because of this disruption, we also do notice that there's a change in lifestyle as well. Right. Um, previously, we've seen a lot of people living in a multi-generation home whereby, you know, yourselves, you have your parents and you have your kids that are living with you we are all taking care of each other mm. after 
after COVID, for some apparent reason, maybe we can't stand each other as much. <laughs> what, did they, what do they say? Proximity breeds resentment <laughs> or something like that. Oh dear. It's, it's rather true because mm-hmm. we are seeing households now actually moving out. They don't mind staying close to each other, mm-hmm. but not with each other. Not to be in too much contact ever since COVID. That basically tested how close our relationships are. <laughs> yeah, that's the ultimate stress test. COVID. I mean, it's, it's almost 24 hours, seven days a week yeah. in the same space. And an HDB flat, I mean, if you're housing just a couple, if it's just the two of you in one flat, that's fine. That's already like, okay, I'll get on your nerves, you get on mine, and then we'll be fine. But if there are multi-generational families out there living in an HDB flat, that's got to create a lot of stress points yeah. for anybody. Yeah, that's right. And right. I think the change in the lifestyle was much quicker than we imagined. And, mm. you know, from one household, we used to have like three generations living in it. Now, one household is going out there to buy two, three different homes. <laughs> yeah, so that is what's actually uh, causing the stress in terms of what we need immediately from mm. the market. Mm. Yeah, and BTO may not be the the most sound choice when it comes to moving in immediately. You do have to wait a significantly long time and having to stay with your family. If that's actually an issue that that has come up before, then of course you will have to turn to the resale market. Mm, Okay, we're going to get into the pluses and the minuses of the BTO in just a bit. Now, the government did implement several measures to increase the attractiveness (laughs) and the availability of BTO flats, right? And, And all the construction has been ramping up, I'm seeing a lot more HDB flats coming online. From increasing supply to giving out more generous grants, those are among the things that they're introducing to make BTOs more attractive. But are these things enough to move some of that resale demand to the BTO market? These two groups, the understanding that I have that they're going out there to buy BTO and resale are very different Mm -hmm. in terms of uh, what they are looking for. Uh, Most of them who do not need the immediate housing would turn to BTO because they are significantly more affordable. Mm. I wouldn't use the word cheaper anymore. It's no longer cheap. <laughs> that, that has passed. What is we, cheap we've anymore? All, yeah, <laughs> we've all come to a consensus on that. When it comes to BTO, we do know that they're offered at a discount from the market mm-hmm. and they're often at lower prices than what the ready flat would come with. And of course, the ready flat in terms of resale would come with a lower lease remaining, for mm-hmm. example. It goes back to why you need the place. Let's say you're going into a resale, you do have to deal with a whole bunch of different issues like... <laughs> around it versus going into a BTO. And there's renovation to think about as well. There's a lot more than that. Actually, Mm. what people don't understand is that when you go into the resale market right now, especially if you're in your very young 20s or 30s, you have a young family, for example, the cost of it does not just come from the flat itself. You do have to account for renovation, for example. And one of the things that we cannot expect is the COV, which is your cash over valuation. Oh, yes. Yes, which a lot of people forget. And recently, we do have someone paying about 100 over 1,000 COV on a certain flat. There is a 100k COV in yes, this market? Yes, yes there Wow, is. I, I never thought I would hear that kind yeah. of COV amount anymore yeah. ever since the early 2000s. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not the one representing the person. <laughs> I guess it boils down to what you really want the unit for, what you really want the house for. And I guess if you can afford to wait, but... How long is affordable in terms of that long wait, right? Because even if you're a newlywed, you don't really want to stay at your in-laws place for too long before you jump ship, right? Yeah. Yeah, for BTO, it's really on affordability. If you're Mm. just starting out, if you're early 20s, you know, and 
you're so certain that your partner is going to be with you all the way through, <laughs> uh, that's very important. Yes. Because that's one of the criteria of owning a, a BTO, right? Yes. You have to get married or mm-hmm. at least a fiancé, fiancé scheme. Yep. Yeah, so then if you're so confident of that, then I feel like, yes, you do have the runway to possibly wait it out. You might be just starting out in your career mm-hmm. and things like that. Things may take some time to actually shift and then eventually you settle into your mm-hmm. new home. And then I then think that's perfect timing. Yeah. And that waiting period allows you the time to save up for good furniture, proper renovation, so you're not rushing into it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, You do know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. Like, after yeah. like a million well, weight is 4.4 4 years. Maybe not to the ones who had to go through COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that light at the end of the tunnel seemed very far away. Yeah. But I guess in today's context, it's a little bit different. So generally, BTO flats are not cheaper. They're more affordable yeah. than resale flats. But the gap does seem to be narrowing. So let me give you a scenario. Take the February BTO launch, a four-room brand new flat at Farrah Park Fields. I read costs up to $630,000. Now that's comparable to a four-room resale flat at Farrah Park Gardens. So not very far away, it's in the same vicinity. That resale flat is going for $613,000. It is 45 years old. So the question is, should a prospective home buyer be looking at a BTO flat or a resale flat in this scenario? Okay, it's a bit of a predicament because I think both products are quite different. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that we have to take in consideration is, of course, the balance lease that we're looking at when we look at a resale flat. Sure. One of the biggest challenge that I can't seem to figure out now is going to a resale flat at its peak at the moment, knowing that rationally this should not be a price of a resale flat if a newly MOP flat later on is going to be costing just as much. Right, um, right. Yeah, and so, so by peak, you mean peak price. Correct. Mm, Yeah, that's mm, right. So mm. if we think about this five years down the road or 10 years down the road, when this particular BTO then becomes available on the market, it should be commanding more given that the resale flat has a lesser balance lease. So it's kind of like a future pricing versus what you're buying off today's resale market. In terms of comparison-wise, it really depends on how much are you willing to pay for something <laughs> to be ready and in front of you I guess that's the, I, I guess that's the premium. Yes. It's the price. It's literally the price you pay for what you want. And if you want something now, yeah. i.e. now meaning as for as short a time as you can afford, versus okay, I'll wait a while, I'll pay the same amount, I'll wait a while longer, I get a brand new flat or an MOP flat. It's younger, it has a longer runway, I can stay there longer. What becomes the considerations for a buyer in that situation to say, hey, how do I weigh this out? All right, I think first of all, you have to look at your age. At what age are you entering this flat at? If you're still young, I think BTO is the way to go. But if you're already trending towards 30-something, going to 40, where you're at the most income productive stage of your life, then it could be a BT no for you. <laughs> at the end I of like the day. that BT no. <laughs> yeah, so, but when you go into a resale flat at the moment, there are some considerations, which mm. is that now that prices have peaked, it is likely that once the supply has caught up into the market, the prices of your flat may start to come down. Right. If you do decide to then move on to another property, you might end up with a negative sale, which is I think a lot of people, they have not put this into much thought or consideration yeah. before going to a resale flat now. I completely agree with you on that because when I made the decision to spend $800,000 on my yeah. very old HDB flat, 
I knew that this was the flat that I was going to retire in. Yes, I'm correct. not going to move anymore. That was the only reason that would justify that price yeah. tag, that willingness rather to pay that price tag. Okay. If like you said, if I was younger or if I had a family or kids and I knew that there was a possibility of moving to another unit later on, I'm shortchanging myself. Yeah, that's right. We don't progress the same way in terms of how we amass our wealth. If you do go into a resale flat when your income is actually peaking in your career and yeah. things like that, the challenge later on would be that when you have the capacity to earn, you don't have the capacity to take on a longer loan tenure, yeah. then that makes the difference when you're considering a jump in your lifestyle and things like that later mm. on. A lot of us say that this is going to be our last home. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> never say never, right? Yeah, but you know, it's always good to have an option, you know, remaining open for you at the end of the day. Mm. Be it upon MOP, you can then look back and say, hey, did I make a right decision when I entered this flat? Do I have enough cash? If I wanted to do something, I needed an extra room. Do I need facilities? These are things that you can consider yeah. later on. Things in life happen. Life just throws things at you that you don't for pl- example, you another cannot COVID, plan for. We don't know. <laughs> another COVID, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, someone falls ill, one of you falls ill, physically disabled for life and you need more space to maneuver yeah. around, for example. You need a bigger flat for that, for example. So yeah, I mean, there are things that, there are curveballs that life throws at you that you really cannot plan for so would you say then that some level of forward planning was be, would yes, be recommended correct. yeah so I always have this idea of this project kampong spirit I always feel like going back to a HDB flat later on would make a lot more sense as an individual right. so we start off maybe with a BTO and then after that you know you have a first pot of gold because obviously you bought it at so-called a mm. discount uh, we don't know how much yes. but we know for sure that prices move up upon MOP of a BTO you mm-hmm. usually will get some proceeds that can help you in your next purchase be it whether you move into an EC whether you move into private that's something else to, to discuss at the point in time how you're doing go ahead amass your wealth for the next few years do what you like yeah. come back to the whole resale flat that mm. we we're talking about today the yes. 45 years old resale flat 20 years down the road when you're ready to retire that lease would have been left with what 25 years yeah do you then think it's a better idea to then sell off what you have, go back to HDB, retire, and then be able to enjoy what you have made over the lifespan of yours working so hard and wow. then retire in this HDB yeah. without any financial obligations? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's the end goal for what like Project Kampong Spirit is meant to be, you know, like <laughs> it's okay to be uncomfortable and then comfortable later. Yeah, I call it short-term pain for long-term gain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. go for instant gratification. If you lay out this plan and then you look at your options at the moment, mm. even for myself, that will be my angle. I don't mind retiring in HDB and then like, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's a good space. Knock down the rooms, one big room. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> matter. me and my husband anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's all. And then maybe all my neighbours who I sold this plan to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's quite a genius plan I have to say like I said right this is the house for me I'm done I don't want to move anymore and if you have that in mind then I think you would make the best financial decision for your future yeah. for your future yeah. I think that's the most important thing to note yeah Hello everyone, my name is Crispina And I'm Adrian And we're the hosts of a podcast called Work It If you've never heard of it, well, it's a good time to tap in In the last 20 episodes, we've discussed topics like how to negotiate for a salary increase Or how to get along with younger colleagues who have different values from you Which incidentally, is our top performing episode If work consumes your life and you want some perspective on issues like management, stress, even office romance This podcast should be on your list A new episode drops every Monday. Catch us on the CNA app or wherever you get your podcasts.
Okay, so let's make things more even. <laughs> Say a couple wants to move out immediately because mm-hmm. reasons. <laughs> Does it make financial sense then to do BTO plus rent while mm-hmm. waiting? So presumably the renting will be during the waiting period. Yeah. Or B, buy a resale flat, move in immediately. Yeah, I would do C. I would just leave off my parents for <laughs> it. <laughs> if I could. <laughs> okay. But yeah. for how long though? I mean, yeah. you're married, you're newly yeah, married. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. Not every episode of living with the yeah. in-laws is a cheerful one. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly. going to get in each other's way. Every oh. time we do a consultation, there's always one party that doesn't <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> like, oh, no, no, no. But can we buy a house now? So yeah. what's the best combo for a newlywed itching or really just eager to move out. Yeah, I think most important consideration is whether you have enough cash Mm -hmm. to actually move into resale. Because what we fail to plan is that when we go into a resale flat, there are a lot of costs involved in acquiring the flat. So COV is one thing that we are all expecting. If you go into a four-room now, five-room now, even a four-room, which is one of the most highly contended space at the moment, given the last cooling measures, we have more four-rooms hitting $1 million than before. It then depends how much cash you have in terms of the COV, the mm-hmm. cash over valuation that you're about to pay for. And you do have to note that because it is a bigger space, older space, you have to account for renovation, which, which could easily cost about 80 grand, 100 mm. grand to do up something nice in a four-bedroom. Yeah. And if you buy a ready-made or ready-move-in condition flat and the renovations are nice and you're not fussy, it's going to come at a premium. Yeah, that's right. So if I were to consider, you know, this 120 to 150k that you're going to spend on above what you're buying already, mm. then does this translate to a better than go and rent out for two or three years? But given that today's rental is also at its peak Mm -hmm. it then becomes very challenging because the average wait time for a BTO is about 4.4 years yeah you're not going to spend $2,000 anymore unless you're okay to do room rental for example I would do that with my parents and then just live in a room and lock myself in for the rest of the day option C yeah (laughs) but then again if you're going out there to properly rent even a HDB four room flat for Mm. example they are already hitting about 4k in non-mature estates non-mature estates yes we have some in Pongo, Sengkang um, like the four rooms and five rooms are really hitting about 5k to 6k in terms wow. of rent so you times that across a span of maybe 12 four. months yeah. four years that's a lot of bleeding yes correct that's and that's pure lot. financial loss because someone else is going to benefit from this so yeah. you would say option C stay with your parents stay with your parents or if I have to then yes going to the resale market would be my next best option because like I said it's whether you're willing to spend that money up front mm-hmm. and then get the place you want to live or are you then willing to wait out things a bit? And, mm. and so of course, if you do have to go with option B, in this case, of a resale flat, do consider something that is newly MOP. I was just about to say something that's younger, then yes, at least correct. you can turn it around yes, later correct. on if you decide to move to another place. Yeah. So trading off the mature estate housing for something else that might have a bit of growth later might be your best way to protect whatever wealth you have left after, <laughs> you know, giving it all yeah. back. That's true. No, that's a good strategy, honestly, because again, short-term pain for long-term gain. If you're young and you're newlyweds, you really need to think about your future and where that money, where that dollar is going to take you, right? Yeah. And in that particular segment whereby you're still young and this is your first home, that's where a lot of people actually make mistakes because they don't actually have people advising them what to do 
on their BTO flats. Yeah. There's no agents serving that market, unfortunately, yeah. because there's no money to be made by the agents, right? Not until five years later. Yeah, a lot of people often trend towards BTO. Right. Yeah, but actually going into a resale market with a newly MOP flat mm. could and be MOP a good... And MOP is a minimum occupation period, am I yes, right? Yes, correct. Okay. So when someone actually just fulfilled mm. that minimum occupation period and then buying off these flats with a brand new sort of like almost 90 over years lease does sound like a better decision than having to wait for a BTO flat for the next yeah 4.4 years <laughs> or 6 years in some in some estates that we know. 4 years. It may seem short to some but when you compare it to the growth of a child from baby yeah. to a child I mean that's that's huge growth. But say there are some young people be it single or married or engaged they still for some reason, they need to rent. What is your advice? What should they look out for? And how should they manage that financially? So say, for example, you are just two very young couple without kids, you're okay to travel, then go out somewhere, maybe close to the new home that you're about to buy, experience the neighborhood, live there for a while Mm. and get to know things around how to get around. I think that's a good and sound decision to make. If connectivity is an issue for you, some of the clients that I know about a majority of them are actually moving for school's reasons. Yes. Yeah, so if that is the case, then you really have to, you know, go out there and rent something within the vicinity of the schools yeah. that the kids are going to. So that's actually the other spectrum of buyers in the market now who are renting yeah. because of that expect. Oh, yes. Yeah. I know quite a number of people doing that. Now, before we let you go, wanted to get your advice to home buyers given the current market. The current market is a very, very weird one because it's no longer rational. It's a crazy market. Yeah, so it's it's hard to be rational about it because there's so much emotions going in when you're buying your home. The best advice that I can give to anyone buying a home is to imagine who is going to buy this flat from you later on. Because that would be your exit strategy. If you can't imagine someone else who could live in there, then don't buy it. I could not agree more with you, Joanne. Like, that is spot on. Sound advice from Joanne Tay there if you're in the current market. And a great end to our conversation. Home sweet HDB home. It's become a question of the ability and willingness to wait versus paying top dollar for the right flat. And as construction delays fade post-pandemic and housing supply gets back in line with demand, hopefully home buyers will have a wider selection of options for their housing needs. Thanks, Joanne, for helping us weigh the options on this or that. And thanks to you, our listener. If you've enjoyed this episode of Money Talks, there's more content for you to enjoy. Simply follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give us five stars or leave a review. The team behind Money Talks is Joanne Chan, Jacqueline Chan, Crispina Robert, Saya Wint and I'm Andrea Hing.